This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 157. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Very, very happy to have you here. Now, all good things, as they say, must come to an end. And when you, if you've been lucky enough to live abroad or travel abroad for an extended period of time, there can be nothing more depressing <laughs> than coming home. But it always is inevitable, like taxes. You have to come home eventually. Most, I mean, one way or another, you do come home. And how you deal with that, leaving behind a life abroad and a language that you have lived can be very, very tricky. And I've done this more times than I care to to remember. So today we're gonna I'm gonna try to give a little bit of perspective on this very interesting problem. Before we do that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. And if you're looking for a language teacher, whether they are whether you're looking for a professional teacher or something a bit more casual and relaxed, you can find that person on italki. It's a place where you can find teachers of all kinds. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, then um, I've arranged for you to get $10 worth of free credit um, when you sign up to italki. And you can do that by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to today's question from Libby. Hi, Ollie. This is Libby from the U.S., Uh, You've been talking a lot about getting back from Thailand and possibly losing your Thai or just not improving, and I'm sort of in the same boat. I recently got back from a year in Germany, and I'm still practicing every day and reading and speaking and all of that, but not as much as I was doing. So I was just wondering if you have any tips on maintaining and still improving when you get back from time abroad. Thanks for making such an amazing podcast, and I always look forward to seeing it in my feed. Bye. Hey, Libby, thank you very much for a great question, and thanks for the uh, little note as well. I'm very pleased that you're enjoying the podcast. I always like to get positive feedback like that, obviously. It makes... uh, keeps me motivated to keep making these these episodes and yeah wow what a question like a year in germany i'm sure you had an amazing time and i can i can only imagine uh, what it's like for you to come home after that uh, because yeah living abroad is an amazing experience it's not always easy but usually uh, well i guess especially when you get home you know you can start to you can remember it for the great experience that it is, but we also have this problem of kind of rose-coloured, rose-tinted glasses, right? So we, I certainly know that I tend to remember the good things about living in a country and tend to block the bad things out of my mind. And so things can often seem even better, especially when you've just got home. So I really, I really feel, um, feel for you in this, in this, uh, in this case. But hopefully, um, in what I'm going to talk about today, I'll give you a few ideas for how to approach the problem moving forward. And, um, I think you asked about how to like tips for improving and maintaining when you get home. You know, the, the tips themselves remain the same as the tips I give like, all language tips that I give. You know, I wouldn't say anything different. Is After all, language learning is language learning, right? The issue for you is, I think, mostly psychologically about how, you know, how you deal with it now that you're home and what the language means to you. So listen, it's normal for a language that you learn to go through seasons. You know, I've, I've studied 10 languages um, at one point or another, 
and they've all been through seasons. Uh, and by seasons, I mean times when you use them and times when you when you don't. You know, you mentioned my experience with Thai, and it's very fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> it's always funny when people say you've been talking a lot recently about such and such. I kind of get self conscious. Maybe I've been boring everybody to death. But um, actually, it's quite cool to know that you you can relate to that. I mean, like for me, like going to Thailand, learning Thai, it was in many ways a distraction. Like it was just I wanted to travel. I wanted to do something a bit different. It wasn't a long term project, um, and yet I did really enjoy it when I was there. I kind of fell in love with Thai as a language, and yet now that I'm back home. Or, um, you know, I, I do acknowledge at the same time that it's not a big priority for me. It's not one of my life's aims to become fluent in Thai. And so what do you do? Like, do you keep it up? Do you? And if so, how? Or else do you let it go to focus on other things? It's, it's difficult. And I'm kind of grappling with that. Um, actually, I booked a trip to Thailand next week. Which I probably shouldn't have done, but I just thought I might. I probably should because I'm in Hong Kong, so it's only a, a short hop, a couple of hours of the plane. So I'm going to go back and practice my Thai a little bit. But anyway, um, it's, it's it's difficult to know how to think about that. So my solution in the case of Thai is just to have a lesson a week, keep it up, and see what happens. Now, a few months later, I can read and write, and that's cool. My speaking's not so good, but that's okay, you know. But the point is, it's like it's it's. it's it's a season, like for me, it is a kind of a down season with Thai. Uh, many years ago, I lived in Argentina and Brazil for a short time, about, about six months each. And during that time, my Spanish and Portuguese got really good. Uh, I was speaking all day, every day, got really, really good. Um, I went back to London, I kept them up. But then a few years after that, I went to Japan. And then I went to Qatar. And then I went to Egypt. And for about five or six years... I hardly spoke Spanish or Portuguese at all. So that was a long winter. I don't know how you describe it. Is it autumn or winter for, for those languages? And I didn't use them. But now they're very much back with the Spanish. You know, I'm running the Fluent Spanish Academy now. And so I speak Spanish a lot. And uh, it's part of my life. Portuguese, not so much. But I know that there'll be a season when it comes back. So the point is that it's okay for a language not to be like front and center of your life all the time. But it certainly does get easier if you speak it to a good level. Now, I imagine, Libby, that after a year in Germany, you, you probably speak pretty good German. It might not be fluent, whatever fluent means. It might not be perfect, but you probably, I, I imagine you can speak, you can hold your own in the language and you can socialize in, in the language. And that's, I think, the most important thing. Because now that you're back home, it probably feels a little bit weird to go back to kind of studying in isolation, right? It sounds like you're doing all the right things. You, you said that you're reading, that you're speaking, and that's great that you're doing all the things that you should be doing. And I think you know that. But what's happening now is that you're not living German the way you did before. And so you're worried that you're, you've lost something. You're worried that it's not going to be the same as it was before. And in many ways, it won't be. But the question you've got to answer moving forward now is, what role is German going to play in my life? And I would say that it's, you know, I don't know what your level is, so you have to interpret this answer a little bit, but assuming that you already speak German quite well, I don't think you necessarily have to go back to this routine of studying, you know, studying religiously every day, um, because now that you can use the language, 
and you know what it means to use German and to live German, if you keep studying, like what's the what's the end game? When would you be satisfied? Would it only be when you are, uh, you know, when you are a, an author, when you've written a novel in German? Would it be when you've passed the highest level exam? You know, I've always found that I never get to a point where I'm completely satisfied with my language. And so really the, the, the point I want to make is that the language that you've learned, this German that you've learned, exists now in your life in order for you to use it. And so what you need to consider really is how best to make German a part of your life. Because what you'll find is as you use it, it will improve. It will certainly maintain itself, but it will also improve in a natural way. And so this means carving out a life for yourself in German in the place that you live. And there are so many ways of doing this. But the first step, I think, is to acknowledge that it's not going to be the same as when you lived in Germany before. It will be different, but it can be just as good, if not better. So I was telling someone just last night, actually, about my Japanese and how when I lived in Japan, I was never very confident with my Japanese. I think because often as a foreigner in Japan, it can be quite weird interacting with locals because they they don't know how to deal with foreigners. And so I, I kind of had a permanent confidence complex in Japan because of the fact that the social situation there is sometimes a bit weird. But now, having gone back to the UK now and actually use Japanese regularly, socially, I'm much more confident and I'm much happier with my Japanese than I ever was. So I'm, I'm much happier, even though I don't live in Japan anymore, I actually enjoy the language far more than I ever did. So there's a really bright future there for you and your German, and there's so many prospects for you. And I think it, it involves you making it part of your life by doing things like making friends with German people, going to um, meetups or wherever German people congregate or other people around you who, uh, who, are, who like German, finding out what they are and kind of getting involved in the German cultural life of, of the place where you live, because it will be there. If, I mean, if you live in a small town, uh, perhaps not, but if you live in a, in a larger city, there will be lots and lots of things. Germans are everywhere. They're great travelers, Germans, and you will find people around. So I would be doing things like um, going to language exchange uh, websites, and finding German people locally who perhaps want to improve their English um, or else just looking for like-minded people. That's a great place to do that. I'd be going to meetup.com and I'd be looking for as many German meetups as I can. Go to the Goethe Institute website and um, look for cultural activities and events. And in fact, I just visited the Goethe Institute website once I was preparing for this podcast. And if you go to the US page and click on events, there are things literally every day um, for for German, there's so much stuff. So if you start going to these events, find things that are interesting for you. Like go put yourself out there, be sociable. Like start talking to people, and just make it part of your lifestyle. Make it the thing that you do. Then it won't be the same as when you were in Germany, but very quickly you can you can forge this German life for yourself. And you only need a few friends for it to become, uh, you know, a really big part of your life. So um, I would personally, I like to take it a little bit further because I'm like that. So 
And like I mentioned in a previous episode um, with my Cantonese now, I'm actually inventing Cantonese projects for myself. So I'm doing things like getting native speakers together and recording them speaking Cantonese, which in turn leads to friendships and connections and things like that. So get involved in everything you can. Even start your own meetup. I started my own language meetup in London called the Polyglot Pub. Can you do the same thing for German? There you, I guarantee there are other people around you where you live who are also interested in German and would love to get together with like-minded people. So there's so many things. It kind of requires you to have that kind of get-up-and-go attitude to search out opportunities and just generally make things happen. I've put a link to all of the ideas and um, think well, the, the ideas I've mentioned here and also the events page of the Goethe Institute in the USA in the show notes. So if you'd like to go and check that out, this will all be at uh, IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 157. So hopefully within all of these ideas somewhere, you will be able to find something, Libby, that's going to that's gonna give you the the path that you're looking for and i know i haven't talked about improving your language but here's the thing when you are out there using it for real purposes you will naturally improve and you won't care so much about improving when you you see this is the thing when you're in isolation studying on your own there's no accounting for your level you know are you b1 b2 who cares like you're just endless studying right but if you're out there using the language you, you you won't care so much whether you're still working through your textbook or whatever level you are you'll just be enjoying the fact that it's part of your life okay so i hope that was helpful i hope that gives you some inspiration i'd love it if you uh, come and leave a comment on the on the post and let me know what it is you're going to do or if you have some success with this what was successful for you maybe you could come and let us know in the facebook group as well uh, that would be really cool i love to to find out um, what you've been doing and what's been working for you if you would like to ask me a question please do go to i will teach you language.com forward slash ask and there is a widget there just like what libby did where you can leave me a question that i will answer on the show providing it's decent and non-offensive etc 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 also if you've been enjoying the show i'd really appreciate it if you leave me a review on itunes it helps other people to find the show and to do that you can simply go to the itunes store and search for i will teach you a language the show will pop up and you can leave a star rating and review there i'd be very very grateful for that so at the end of the episode today i'd like to leave you with a quote of uh, a quote from norman rockwell which i think kind of sums up my thoughts on this Um, on this question kind of a off the not off topic but it's well you'll, you'll see he says the secret to so many artists living so long is that every painting is a new adventure so you see they're always looking ahead to something new and exciting the secret is not to look back Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your question, Libby, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.